Welcome. It is the first Sunday in October, and we are grateful to have the opportunity to talk about vision. Wow. It is a, well, a little weird, to be honest with you. 2020 has been one of those years that we can't wait to get through. Honestly, I think if I stood up today and said, hey, the vision is to get through 2020, that most of you would stand and applaud. Part of me just wants to put up a Christmas tree, call it Christmas, and call it a year. It has been one of those years. And so now we're having to do everything a little different. The online congregations, the uh, the Zoom meetings, all of that. And I know it's driving you crazy and it's driving me crazy, but we're still having to deal with the realities of the pandemic. More than anything, we want to keep you safe and we want to keep our church on mission. Wow. With everything that's changed, the one thing that hasn't changed is our mission. Now, one of the great things about growing up in the South is you have appropriate phrases for just about every situation. You know, if you lose something, then it's a lost ball in high cotton. If you're going somewhere, it's you're fixing to get ready. And right now, in one of those times where everything around you is changing so fast, but you have to hold on to what matters. The phrase, hunker down. Hunker down, it means to dig in, hold your ground, take whatever life is throwing at you. Maybe you don't win, just don't lose. Hunker down, hang in there until you can fight another day. Some days, the biggest victory is that you just don't leave the field. 2020 has been one of those years. Maybe we didn't accomplish as much as we wanted to but maybe we didn't lose as much ground as we feared. That was kind of the way it was in the early church. The early church would have these explosions of growth, and then they would withdraw to small groups. They would have another explosion of growth, and then they would uh, come back again to another small group. That's what we find at the end of Acts chapter 5. This isn't the only time in Acts that we hear this phrase or one similar to it. Chapter 5, verse 42. Every day, every day in the temple, in various homes, they continue the teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Every day in the temple, public worship, and in various homes, private study, small group study, they continue teaching and proclaiming that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. In a year when we have heard all the things that we cannot do, help us focus on what we can do and help us be obedient to those moments, big or small, that you open for us to follow you into your future. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Book of Acts is full of action. It is hard to keep up with it. It is moving so fast. I mean, the book goes from a small upper room in Jerusalem until the city of Rome and how the gospel spreads throughout the Roman Empire through the preaching of Paul and others. City from city, 
house to house, person to person. The gospel spreads like a wildfire across the known world. It's one of the phenomena of history, how this unknown religion started by a carpenter from Nazareth took over the Roman Empire in about 300 years. It is an amazing thing to contemplate. How did it happen? Well, we have some of the stories. Now, mind you, we don't have all the stories. All the gospel writers tell us that there was so much going on and so much was going on so quickly that they literally didn't have time to write it down. I mean, John ends his gospel by telling us if the sky was a scroll and the ocean were ink, I still wouldn't have time or space to write all that Jesus said and did. It's the same way in the local church. Things are happening so fast. People are being saved, converted, coming to Christ by the thousands. And so we have little glimpses of stories, little hints about how things were done. So we have Pentecost. People respond by the thousands. And then we have the house church. We have another great explosion. 5,000 come. And then we have the house church. 2020 is one of those years where the only thing we heard was what we cannot do. We cannot meet in groups of over 10 or over 25 or over 50, and we were never sure of the number. Uh, we can't go out unless we're wearing a mask. You don't have to wear a mask unless you're in this situation. Stay six feet apart unless you're wearing a mask, then you'll be closer. We got so confused about all the things that we couldn't do that a lot of us stopped doing anything at all. I know, there's a lot we can't do. We can't gather in our worship the way that we want to. Our choirs can't lead us the way that we love them to. Our musicians cannot play and lead us every Sunday the way we have grown used to worshiping. And we miss that. Every week I hear from you, when are we going to have the choir back? When are we going to have the orchestra back? As fast as we can, I promise you. But instead of focusing on what we can't do, maybe 2021 is one of those years where we simply focus on what we can do. Now, the first thing is relax. We've been here before. Over and over and over again, the world has said to the church, you can't do this. You can't go here. You can't say that. And so the church, if it was cut off from this avenue, would find another way to go. It would find another way to express its worship. It would find another way to do its ministry. It would find another way to make disciples. And we have record of how they did it. How did they do it? Small groups. Jerusalem is overrun by the Babylonian army. The Babylonians had a thing where they would take the best and the brightest back to Babylon. They would train them to be servants of the Babylonian community, the Babylonian government, and then they would send them out throughout the Babylonian empire. Daniel and his friends and countless others were part of those who were taken back to Babylon. We have songs of lament about being cut off from Jerusalem and how do we worship if we can't go to temple? How can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange land. You know how they did it? They did it in small groups. They started forming groups of 10 men who would meet to discuss the Talmud. 
had to be at least 10, and they would discuss the Talmud. And this small group, was, which was the beginning of the synagogue, saved the Jewish faith. John Wesley, fearing that the church had drifted away from a basic understanding of relationship with Jesus Christ, started the home meeting. That is, brothers and sisters meeting in a home who would talk about the things of the faith. You see, there were circuit riders in the day of John Wesley. You would not have a pastor every Sunday. He would ride around between three or four, sometimes more churches and preach every Sunday. You may not have preaching on that Sunday. What you would have would be the home groups. And the home groups would ask each other questions. What sins are you dealing with? What is the Lord teaching you? What are you growing in? What gifts do you need to grow in? How have you, how have you served the Lord this, this week? And how do we need to serve you? On and on the list goes. But it was at house church where disciples were formed. The church in China, I've told you before, we thought we had lost the church in China. When the bamboo curtain fell and we could no longer get missionaries into China, we thought Christianity was over. When we got back into China, not only did we find out that Christianity wasn't over, but Christianity had indeed thrived in the toughest of circumstances. How? Home groups. Small groups meeting in homes. Do you know the pastors, if they got a Bible, would tear the Bible up and tear the pages out and give one gospel to one pastor, one book to another pastor? So if these pastors were arrested, they wouldn't lose the whole Bible. And yet, the Chinese church thrives. Small groups, it's where it happens. The other thing that happens is that the church is on mission. Sixth chapter of the book of Acts, we find the church ministering to the widows and orphans. Throughout the church story, the, the beginning of the church, there are stories of healing, restoration, demons being cast out, all because of the work of the early church. So there are two things really, really prominent that really stand out. And in 2021, here are the two things you're gonna hear about. Everybody is in a group. Everybody is on mission. Everybody is in a group. Everybody is on mission. You're in a group for one of two reasons. One, you don't know everything there is to know about Jesus Christ. And because of that, you need to learn. You need somebody who is ahead of you teaching you what they've learned, what they've seen, what they understand. You cannot hold the ocean in a thimble. You're always learning. Second reason, you need to teach someone else. You don't have to be the smartest person in your group. You just have to be one or two steps ahead of the person you're trying to help. That's it. Everybody's on the journey. Everybody is somewhere. 
you're being helped, encouraged, being mentored by someone. You are helping and encouraging and mentoring someone else. Everybody is in a group. It can be a Sunday school class. It can be a home group. It can be a group that meets together to work on widows' homes. I don't care how you get together. But there has to be a small group where you're looking at each other and asking, what are you learning from Jesus this week? What are you struggling with? Have you lied to me? How can we be a help to you? Small enough so if you're not there, you're missed. Small enough that you have a free fire zone where you can talk about what's really going on in your life and you can have brothers and sisters come around you. You have to be in a small group. Christianity is too hard to do by yourself. Life is too hard to do by yourself. You have to have a band of brothers. You have to have a family of sisters. You have to have brothers and sisters around you, family, or you won't make it. Everybody in a group. And if you're not in a group, then get with your church leadership and find a group today. Everybody's on mission. Everybody is called to do something. Now, if you are a member of the family, you have chores. If you're a guest, we don't ask you to do anything. But you know, if you are a member of the family, you have a responsibility. That may be anything from teaching in the preschool, teaching in the children's area, leading a student Bible study. It may mean translating the Bible to a different language, working with the deaf congregation, working with a people group surrounding your church. There are all kinds of opportunities. But listen, I tell you this all the time. There are things you learn from Jesus only in obedience. It's only in the doing that you learn that Jesus is true, that his word is true and you can believe it. We believe every member of Brentwood Baptist Church is uniquely gifted and uniquely called. We don't believe there's a one size fits all. We believe that there's something about you that Jesus took particular delight in creating you and in giving to you so that you could serve the kingdom and serve your local church. It is vital that you find that place to fulfill all that God has in store for you. Everybody is in a group. Everybody is on mission. Oh, let me add one more, every. Every day. Did you see it? That's how the scripture started. Every day they were gathering. Every day this is what they did. Every day they taught. Every day they proclaimed. Every day. Church is no longer limited to Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Like your life is 24-7. So you find a group that you can be part of. You get involved in that group. You find a mission that God has called you to. Everybody in a group. Everybody on a mission. Every day. Now, here's how you can get connected at your local congregation. Well, good morning, Station Hill Church family. You've just heard from Senior Pastor Mike Glenn about both the unique challenges that 2020 has presented us, but also the opportunity to recover and rediscover some of the fundamentals that makes the church the church. 
And so speaking of 2020 and its unique challenges, the plan was for me to be with you, of course, in person today uh, to help contextualize and apply the things that Pastor Mike shared with us. But unfortunately, one of my family members has tested positive for COVID-19. And so I was just going to share with the congregation kind of generally that that's what took place. But as I was talking with this family member on Thursday night, she said, no, no, dad, you can tell him that it's me. It's my daughter, Lexi. And so Lexi said, because after all, I might get some sympathy casseroles if you tell him who it is. And so that made me laugh out loud, right? A little levity uh, in all the seriousness we've been dealing with this year, uh, because as a Baptist preacher's daughter, what's more Baptist preacherish than craving a casserole when you get sick? Uh, and so I'm grateful for Lexi and her great sense of humor. I'm grateful for the way that you always support and care for us well uh, when our kids or any of us are sick. And so the good news is, is that her symptoms are very mild right now. None of the rest of us are experiencing symptoms, but that's why I'm out today. And so we're grateful for your prayers and support. And if you want to get a casserole to Lexi, you can email me and we'll find a way to do just that. But, you know, as we think about 2020, I'm here back in my study, of course, where I preached several sermons earlier this year uh, as we were looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And as I reflect back, as Pastor Mike did a little bit, this season has had its challenges, but I, I want to tell you as pastor and take this opportunity to say that I'm proud of you. First of all, I'm proud of our staff and the way that they have adapted. Uh, they've taken so much good content, our teaching content, and found ways to get that online, to get it to you there in your home. I love the work uh, of our media team under our technical director, Joel Hilsden, uh, who have just stepped up the game in every area for us so that we could deliver that content to you uh, and find a way to make Sundays happen again. And also our facilities team under the direction of Eric Hildner has done a great job of keeping our facilities in tip-top shape uh, and keeping them clean and sanitized between the services and opportunities that we've had at the church. So those are just some of the unsung heroes uh, of this pandemic, but I'm grateful for them and I'm grateful for all of you. I'm proud of you as well as church members that you uh, were able to follow our protocols and uh, you've continued to be patient with us as we've figured out how to phase back in ministry. We've had a special sense of the power and presence of the Spirit with us when we've gathered on Sundays. And those of you who have had to watch from home, you've continued to find ways to stay engaged as well. A lot of our group leaders have adapted and figured out how to use Zoom. You have jumped at the opportunities through our missions team to help with food insecurity here in Middle Tennessee and really beyond, even with many of our mission partners. So while a lot of things have been challenging this year, we've seen God show up in a lot of amazing ways. And a final group that I want to speak to is the newcomers who are among us. One of the, the most amazing trends that we've seen since we reopened back in June is the fact that God has continued to bring us amazing new families. Our team has met at least three to four new families with us every single week. And so that makes my heart beat fast as a pastor because what I'm watching God do is bring us people who are going to serve in the body of Christ here through the church family we call Station Hill in the days to come. So that means God has big things in store for us because he's sending us some people with amazing gifts, gifts, people with an amazing hunger for God's word. And we want to welcome you. And if you're on campus this morning, remember, we'd love to connect with you after the 11 o'clock service uh, for our welcome reception to get to know you and your family a little bit better. But before we move too quickly, we want to go back and hit a couple of the important things that Pastor Mike had to share with us. And so he uses a frame of reference, the last verse of the fifth chapter of Acts. 
Acts 5, 32. Let me read it again where it says, Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. That's Acts 5, 42. I think I said 32 a moment ago, but that's Acts 5, 42. And that passage stands out for several different reasons. As Mike mentioned, that phrase every day is so important. And so if we think about this, even in difficult times, the word of God is unstoppable. That's the context for Acts chapter 5. What was happening in this passage? Well, the the church was moving in power. The Holy Spirit was overcoming barriers to the gospel. The apostles were powerfully preaching and they were healing. And guess what? The religious leaders became jealous of this. And so they had the apostles arrested. They were thrown in prison. But during the night, an angel came and released them, but gave them very specific instructions. Go to the temple and proclaim the good news. And so fearlessly, they did that very thing. And so the next day, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, they were both embarrassed that these guys had somehow gotten out of jail, but they were also angered. And so they made plans to kill them. And in a unique moment, one of their very own, a respected teacher and leader by the name of Gamaliel, said these words. He said, I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or if this work is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even be found to be fighting against God. Isn't that interesting that even in this moment of crisis for the early church, that God brought the right people at the right time to speak into that moment so that the word of God would continue to be at work in an unhindered fashion. In the same way, in the moment we're in, it's tempting for us to think, right? How's the gospel going to continue to spread when we can't have our usual programs, when we can't use our buildings like normal? And yet at the same time, we see this repeated pattern that the enemy has always tried to stop the spread of the gospel, whether it was from persecution from the outside, like this story talks about, or whether it was corruption and issues from within the church. Sometimes it's just simply the temptation to forget about our priorities and to forget about what matters spiritually. All of these things can combine to to slow down the gospel, but the church is unstoppable because the word of God is unstoppable. And so the church has has not just survived, but it's thrived during times of crisis in history, Uh, during warfare, during strife, during division, during the rise and fall of empires. And yes, even during pandemics, the church of Jesus Christ and the word of God has prevailed. So be encouraged, church, and be strengthened. That's why we feel like it's so important, as we've told you, as disciples who multiply disciples, that we need to have those gospel conversations. That's what the angel was prompting the early church to do, was to declare the good news. And so as we think about what it means as we put this together from Pastor Mike with what we've been talking about over the past several weeks, we know that as a church, we want to be a church that is about making disciples who make and multiply more disciples. That happens through gospel conversations, and that also happens through the lens of groups. Pastor Mike shared with us very clearly, right, the challenge. Everybody needs to be in a group. And so we see this pattern in the early church. As the church grew, the only way that they could go deeper was to follow the example of Jesus, who took 12 men and discipled them in a small group. And so in the same way, if you're not in a group, then it's difficult to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. Our groups, as it shows here on the graphic, they, they do three things really well. They help us to grow in our Christ-likeness, 
as we share what Christ is teaching us, as we hear from others about what Christ is teaching them. They, they help us to care for one another. Life is challenging in any times, but especially during these times. And so for many of us, our small group is our family. Uh, that's the people who support us when we're walking through the valley, who walk there with us. It's the people who celebrate with us when we're on the mountaintop. But we need to do life-on-life discipleship with each other. And so we care for each other in groups. But our groups aren't just holy huddles that are inwardly focused. Instead, we want to be equipped to go. We see that in the early church, that there was this constant rhythm, right, of them gathering to sit under the teaching of the word, that they shared their resources with one another, they encouraged each other. But then they were sent out on mission. And so we certainly want to go as well. We want to be able to go and serve here on our campus. We want to be able to serve among our neighbors. That's one of the best things that the pandemic has taught us is is that we can get out into our neighborhoods and connect with those folks who now have more time on their hands than they've had before. And we know that we want to be a part of what God is doing among the nations. God is both bringing the nations to us here in Middle Tennessee, but of course, he also calls us to go to them. And so everybody needs to find that group and everybody needs to serve on mission. We all own the mission as the body of Christ, not just a few super Christians or not just a select few. In the early church, empowered by the Spirit, everybody knew their gifts and the role that they had to play. Mike briefly referenced this, but in Acts chapter 6, that's the passage that immediately follows that the church was presented with a problem. There were widows who were being overlooked in the distribution of food. And so the apostles, who were focused on the ministry of the word, rose up some young men from within that congregation, some young leaders to be able to serve. And from that Greek word for serve, diakonos, is where we get the English word today, deacon. And so in the early church, those who were focused on the ministry of the word did that. Those who were focused on serving did that. They knew their gifts and how they worked together, and it strengthened the church. And the church was able to meet the physical and spiritual needs of people, even while it continued to grow. And the same is true today. We don't need any of you being spectators. We need all of you being full participants in the kingdom. And so we want you to know that we have on-ramps for that in the life of our church. We want you to discover what God has put inside of you and how that connects to the mission of our church. That process in the life of our church is called our Discover Classes, or our Discovery Process. It usually happens in two parts. There's Discover Us, where you learn about our church and our mission and our vision and our strategies. And then there's Discover You, where we walk you through some simple assessments. We look at what the Bible has to say about spiritual gifts and, and other key things in the body of Christ to help you understand where you fit in the mission. And so we want to encourage you to join us for Discover, a one-night Discover that combines Discover Us and Discover You uh, on October the 25th from 4.30 to 8 p.m. You can knock it all out in one evening. That might be your next step today. So the key is, is that every day we own this mission. That phrase is important. Because it's not just about what happens during the hour or two that we are at church during the week. That is important. Don't get me wrong. Hebrews 10 tells us that we can't forsake the assembling of ourselves, but we need to spur each other on in love and good deeds. And so what happens at church or what happens when you watch online is important. But the other 167 hours of the week are important as well to our faith as we all live it out on mission together. A couple of years ago, we put it this way. We all need to take a step. Some of us need to step up. We need to be challenged to move into roles of service and leadership in the life of our church. Some of you are being called to step out 
in faith in a way that you've never stepped out before as you serve alongside of ministry partners. But whatever it is, step up, take out, uh, step out. We all need to be able to step and take that step of faith together as a people. And so as we come to this moment, I want to remind you of the mission statement of our church because it's not dependent on buildings or programs. Instead, our mission is engaging the whole person with the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to do that anywhere, anytime, with anybody. So let's be sure that every day we're finding ways to, to preach the good news to ourselves and to share that good news with others. This morning, we're going to have a prayer and altar time. And in this moment, I want you to pray about what's that step that you need to take. After the service, Pastor Juan is going to be outside our discipleship minister, and he'll be by the tent if you need to find a group. Pastor Brandon and others, if you need to talk about how you can join the mission of the church, they will be by our Next Steps banner. And so they want to help you, and we want to help you as well. You can, of course, text to 623-623, the word Station Hill, and one of us will follow up with you as well. But whatever step it is you need to take today, let's take the mission of our church to heart. Let's get back to those fundamentals, and let's all take a step together. Will you join us? as we pray.